0: Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. We are in week number three of Sold Out, and uh, I am excited about tonight. I got, uh, got just some fresh, fresh revelation for y'all tonight. And the title of tonight's message, you should have a handout, is called Sold Out in Generosity. Sold out in generosity. Before we get to it, let's go ahead and open in prayer and then we're going to dive right into it. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it is powerful, that it is alive, that it is active. And Lord, we just open ourselves up tonight to receive from you. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would just use me as a vessel tonight, Lord, that you would communicate something fresh to us. And Lord, we would understand your truth more than we've ever understood it before. Lord, I thank you, Father, for just uh, moving in our lives in a great way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, tonight I'm going to be talking about sold out in generosity. You might ask yourself this question. It's a question that I ask myself. Is why in the world would a youth pastor talk about finances to teenagers? That doesn't make any sense at all. And whenever God just put this on my heart, Literally a year ago to talk about this. It's not really something that I wanted to do, but I really feel like it's important and I want you to understand why we're talking about this tonight. Um, it's not something that's just boring or, oh man, we just got to get through finances. Um, but I feel like God wants to teach us so as we get more and God entrusts us with more and more finances that we're, a, we are, have been equipped and prepared to handle them. And so I want to talk to you tonight about um, some principles, learning God's principles about money and uh, to break the lie um, that I I think that probably a lot of you may may have is that, you know, managing finances or or, uh, being generous in finances is really something Really for adults, it really doesn't pertain to me. And I was kind of blown away last week uh, when I talked to you. uh, When I asked how many of y'all had your own bank account, and many of you had your own bank account. So, how many of you actually have some form of an income here? Whether it's you have a part-time job or allowance. Let me see. Put your hand up. Put it up high. Let me see. Don't be don't be embarrassed. Okay, a lot of you do. A lot of you do. And I want to talk to you. Um, just a few principles in God's word um, about generosity and uh, something that will affect uh, your life for the rest of your life. So I need I need you to do me a favor. I need you to not check out on me right here. This is actually fun. We can go along. I even I made you a Pastor Rob handout so you can fill in the blanks uh, as as we go along. And so we're going to have. A good time, so nobody's checking out, right? You're on board. You're with me, Joseph. Are you with me? Okay, great. I want to talk to you about four truths about money. Four truths about money. Number one, your first, uh, your first couple of blanks is God is not looking for an amount. He's looking for a heart. God is not looking for an amount. He's looking for a heart. Amount and heart are you two are you two blanks there? I feel like a school teacher. I just I'm I'm excited. I don't get to do this often. I'm gonna grade all these after on penmanship and spelling. (laughs) Matthew chapter six verse 19. uh, Jesus is talking to people. He says, "Don't store up treasure here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal." Store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Um, I'm sure probably not too many of you invest in like stocks and stuff like that. I just started doing that a couple of years ago. And, uh, you never really think about that until, you know, we met with David Meir and he's helping us with our finances. This is how you do that. And, uh, and so, but Matt Hassling, he, he invests as well. And every so often we'll talk about investing just like some old people. And, and he'll be, he, but he invested some, some funny things like, uh, wrestling. And he used to invest in Barbie and stuff. I'm, I'm spilling all of his, all of his laundry there. But we talk about some of it because we compare like, hey, you invest in this and so-and-so saying about that. And we have an interest that we've never had before because we have some treasure in in those stocks. And so we're wondering, man, how, how's that stock doing? Yeah, mine's this, this and that. We talk about it. And it's a funny principle because the Bible says where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And so God's not looking for an amount per se. He's looking for a heart. He's looking for the right heart. And so what probably some of you might think is, man, it's really pointless for me to tithe because I only make like 100 bucks a week or 50 bucks a week or whatever it is, it's really it's nothing of significance, it's nothing of value. But God's not looking at the amount that you're putting in. He's looking at your heart. And if you're having trouble sometimes with the desires of your heart, put some treasure there and your heart will follow your treasure. And it's true, it's really, it's actually true in the realm of finances, where if you put and invest in God's kingdom, you will notice your heart will begin to follow. Some of you, uh, helped out with, uh, like the, the orphanage that we're going to this summer, uh, CASA. Some of you sponsor kids. I I know that. And you start to have a heart for them. Why? Because you're putting some treasure there and your heart follows that. I want to look at, at a, a contrast in hearts. Uh, for a second, two different, two different hearts, two different people in the Bible. In Mark chapter 12, verse 41, it says, Jesus sat down near the tax collector, near the collection box in the temple and watched the, as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Look at that word, large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has, giving, has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. When I read that, whenever I read that verse, I think of teenagers because I've never met a teenager that's just straight balling. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe a, a few, but that just has just tons and tons of money. I always think of, you know, I remember, I remember being just totally broke as a teenager. Just like, just trying to scratch it and, uh, hey man, you got, I think of me and Blake going on, on a trip and we're trying to be like, hey, you're going to eat? Like, no, I don't have any money. You have any money? No, I don't have any money. Like, you want to fast? Like, yeah, why not? I mean, we're not going to be able to eat anyway. But I know what it's like to just be a broke teenager. And God isn't interested in how much you have. He's interested in your heart. He's interested in your heart. So the the, the widow came. Jesus was not blown away by large amounts of money that the rich people were giving. He was blown away by the poor widow. I wonder if Jesus would be blown away by the poor teenager. I think that I think that he would be I'm and listen, let me just back up just a second. I'm not teaching you this message for for us. I'm not teaching you this message because for for youth or, or for family life. I'm teaching you this message for you because I know that this is a biblical principle that will change your life. It's a biblical principle that has changed my life. And as God begins to bless you more, tithing's not going to be a big deal. To me, tithing is just is elementary. Generosity is is elementary. And and as you have God's heart, you have a generous heart. Another heart. So we saw the the, the widow. Another heart was how many of you remember whenever um, the, the lady came and, and broke the alabaster jar at Jesus's feet? We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the Bible says that it was worth a year's wages uh, that she broke it and, uh, and put it at Jesus's feet. And the Bible says that some of the disciples were upset by that, and specifically one. Uh, how many of you ever heard of Judas? Yeah, what do you know Judas as the, the, the one that is just awesome, that no the, what? The, the traitor. That's, that's a bummer. John chapter 12 verse four says, "But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would betray him, said... That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should not have been sold, should have been sold, and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. Watch this. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. He often stole some for himself. You look at the contrasting uh, hearts here of the widow who just wanted to just give it all that she had, and Judas, who, said, who makes a comment of, man, what could have been done with that money that, that she gave to Jesus? And, and there's a contrast because one loved money, the other loved God. And so with us, we have that, we have that same thing in us. Is are we going to love God? Are we going to put God first? Or are we not? We face three tests. We have three tests we take when we give. Three heart tests we take when we give. This is in your handout as well. Three heart t- tests we take when we give. How many of you are, are like me in school? You know, you, you come, you're, you're ready for the test, and, and uh, you get to school, and you're like, man, did you study for the test? And you're like, What test? How many of you are what test people? I was a what te- like or you have this project that you've been hearing about for a long time and you wake up and like it's today. It is today. I had nine months to do it. I didn't do it at all. It's today. And you just you just throw something together and, and put it out. It, I mean, you don't be like that study get get ahead god we have three tests that we take whenever we give there's more than that but there's three that I want to highlight the first te- heart test that we take is number 1 who is first in my life number 1 who is first in my life who is first in my life uh just for time's sake we'll read this later you have malachi 3:10 um on your handout. I'll I'll get back to that a little bit later. There's a story in the Bible. How many of you ever heard of Cain and Abel? Cain and Abel. Uh, and there's a story where Cain and Abel, uh one one is a farmer that produces and harvests that uh, fruit and vegetables and things like that. The other is a shepherd. And um the Bible says that that one Brought the first fruits, brought the first fruits to God, the first, the very, the very best that he had. Uh, Abel brought the very best that he had, the first fruits. And Cain, the Bible says, you can go back and read it in Genesis on your own time, but the Bible says that as time had progressed, as time had taken place, um, Cain brought his offering. He just brought it when he wanted it, how he wanted it, To God and God denied Cain's offering. He didn't accept it. And the reason that he didn't accept it is because it was not first. It was not first. So J.P. is doing is doing hard labor now. And so he might be thinking about getting into landscaping. I don't know. I'm just I may be speaking prophetically. I I see that blister there. So so let's say that that J P he's he's now a landscaper he he opens his own landscaping business and and he comes up to me and he says hey uh, Pastor Elijah I um you know I heard Kia talking to you about how she's been wanting landscaping for a while and um and I, I got my own landscaping company now and so you know I, I I need work and I was gonna see if you would hire me so J P he's now an expert he's able to survey. The land. He's got his own business. He's balling right now. I mean, he is just—he's got so much cash. And so he looks at it and says, "You know, uh, Pastor Elijah, you should put a little, some bushes here, some flowers there. I'll, uh, you know, it's 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 a new, uh, new application. So I'll have to take out the grass. I'm going to have to till it and fertilize it and all that. And uh, I I think it's going to cost, I, I guess, about a thousand bucks. It's going to cost me a thousand dollars to do your landscaping." Is, is that good with you? And I said, yeah, that, that's, that sounds fair. A thousand bucks to, to do my landscaping. And so he comes. JP's landscaping company comes in, puts in my landscaping. It looks great. They did a wonderful job. I recommend them to you. And uh, it just looks, just looks wonderful. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking to JP. The job's done. I said, all right, and, you know, everything looks good. Yeah, it looks great. And uh, I have a thousand bucks cash. Ten $100 bills. And so I go up to JP, I say, all right, and I count them out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand bucks towards JP's landscaping company. Okay, elementary question here. Which one is the tithe? Which one is the tithe? I I just paid JP a thousand bucks, ten one hundred dollar bills. Which one is the tithe out of that? The first one that I gave him. What we do a lot of times, and what I've done in the past, is you figure out, okay, I got I gotta pay this, I got this to do, I got that. Oh man, I don't have enough for the tithe. I'll just I'll give this. And that, not to be discouraging, is a cane offering. That's when I feel like coming, how I feel like coming. Versus God's looking not for the leftovers. He's looking for the first. So every time I make a decision to give, this is elementary. This is, I'm really teaching, not preaching as much tonight. But whenever I make a decision to give, I'm not, it's not about my finances going back. It's about my heart. I'm making a decision that my gas bill, that my car insurance is not first in my life. God is first in my life. And so that may be mean different to you. What it, what it means for me in my life, what God's challenged me to do, is I get paid every other Friday. And the way that I do it is the first thing that I do before we do anything else is I go online. We can, you can give online. And I go online and tithe online. The first thing that comes out of my bank account is to the church. And that's the biblical way of tithing. The first, now some people they write out the check. And, and they bring it Sunday. That, that's fine. Some people bring it here on Wednesday. That's fine as well. But the principle is. Whenever I give. I make a decision of who's first in my life. Who's first in my life. I make a decision that God is first in my life. Number two. What kind of giver will I be? The second heart test that I take is what kind of giver will I be? Giver is your blank. Second Corinthians 9, 7 says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Watch. Let me say that again. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Cheerfully. Are y'all still tracking with me? Is this, is this boring? Are y'all, are you are getting it? This is important because it affects our lives. God loves a cheerful giver. And so when we give, we choose what kind of giver we'll be. Let me tell you just a quick story of something that happened in my life a long time ago. I just finished high school and uh, I gotten a thousand bucks, uh, for, for graduating. And so I had it, I had to get uh, car insurance and stuff, and so I lined all that up. I ended up having about 400 bucks. I think $450 left over after all that. I think I prepaid like six months of car insurance and stuff like that. And so I didn't have time to, to go to the bank at that time, and so I ended up coming to Sunday service with 400 bucks, 450 bucks in my pocket. And uh, I, I got I got to, to church and during the first service of, of worship, God began to, to just move on my heart and said, hey, you know, that four hundred fifty dollars in your wallet, I want you to give it all in his mission offering. I want you to I want you to give it all. And so I rebuked the, the foul spirit that was trying to talk to me. And I started to sweat. This is really the only time that this has ever happened to me. I really I started to sweat. I, 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 I was like. Like, no, like that's a lot of money, like to me right now, let alone eight years ago. And so I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do that. And so uh, this lady gets up and she's from China and she starts talking. I didn't even know that there's a mission offering. And she starts talking about how historically one Bible equals one soul in China. And what we're, they were taking up a missions offering that Sunday. And it was for a study Bible, which was to train pastors who were going to go out. So there's no telling how many different souls that accounted for. So I sit there, I'm listening to all this. I had no idea what was going to be preached. And I'm still like just struggling with this. And so the, the, the bucket comes and it passes over me and I just hand it. I don't put anything in because I'm, I'm struggling. I'm like, oh, man, I, I just I can't do it. So I'm struggling so much that I stay for the second service because I'm like, because I know I know that God spoke to me. So I stay again for the, the next service during worship. God began to speak this scripture to me about a cheerful giver. And God began to speak. God told me, you know, would you trust me? I want you to do this. Would you trust me? And so I'm just wrestling with it so much that finally in the second service, the, the bucket comes and I'm just like, take it here. A well, long story short, um, you know what's coming next, right? Somebody gave me a car or, you know, so, no, my car breaks down and and um, and anyone want to guess how much it costs. Yeah, yeah, four hundred fifty bucks. And and so then I talked to somebody about it and they're like, they're like, well, you got the, the four hundred and fifty Bucks, you know, left over. Just go ahead and pay us. Well, and I tell them the story and they say, that's not God. And they're like, I'm already debating, is that God? And they say that that's not God. And so uh, anyway, so I'm really, really struggling with it now. And then I get a phone call from my grandfather and he says, hey, uh, I heard that you're having car problems. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to fix your car for you. And and so he paid, He said, how much is it he said, It's four fifty. Okay, well, I'll send a check to you and I'll pay for your car. And God spoke to me and said, you're going to lose that money anyway. I, w- I was going to provide that extra for you to be blessed. And God spoke. It changed my heart because I looked at giving in a different way from that point of not begrudging, not I got to pay my tithe, man, I got to I got to give. I'm going to give to this. This offering, you know, that you know, the scripture that has like they talk about the horns and and people, you know, like, hey, guys, uh, just dropped in some money in the offering. I don't know if you saw me. I'm pretty generous. Not that kind. A heart. Can you imagine what it's like to have a heart that like is excited about giving? Because whenever you get a hold of this message, it doesn't just change your finances. It changes your heart. Because remember that scripture where your treasure is there, your heart will also B. God loves a cheerful giver, and this is how you should look at giving is not I have to give, I get to give, I get to give. I've been blessed so that I can give. So what kind every time we we give, we take a test, what kind of giver will I be? The third is, will I choose to be a blessing? Will I choose? To be a blessing. Genesis chapter 4, verse 6. God's talking to Cain. He said, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. I, this is something that you may not know and you may not think of it, is I choose if I will be blessed. Like, really? How can you say, I choose if I will be blessed because I make a decision, will I submit to God and do it God's way? Cain made a decision that he was going to do it his way and then got angry at God for not blessing him for doing it his way. That doesn't make any sense. But how many of us do that? if we have just a little bit left over man i need to just i need to catch up on my tithe i've done that before where like oh a little bit here and something breaks and something happens like god i tithe i tithe what 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 is the deal god says is saying to us the same thing that he would say to Cain is why are you angry with me you're the one that chooses to do it my way or your way So you choose whether you will be blessed or not. Going back to the principle of first. Will you give your first to God? I think that this is a message. I don't have enough time to unfold this, but this is a message that, like I said, goes beyond your finances. I feel more. uh, I feel like this is in all of our lives. Will you give the first? I feel challenged in my own life. Will you give the first part of your day to me? I don't always spend an hour in prayer right whenever I first wake up, but I always, whenever I wake up, try to acknowledge God by connecting, even if it's just five minutes. Just for me to say, God, this is the very beginning part of my day, which is the worst because I'm trying to wake up, and I acknowledge you. I give you myself, I surrender myself to you because you are first. In my life. So number three. Will I choose to be blessed? Run out of time. Got to hurry up. Number two. And you're blanked. It all belongs to Him. I just return the tithe. It all belongs to Him. I just return the tithe. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 says. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask what does this mean? When did we ever cheat you? You cheated me with tithes and offerings due to me. You are cursed under a curse for the whole nation has cheated me. So this is the the thing with the tithe. We're talking about the tithe still. The tithe, you have one or two options to do with the tithe. You can either steal it or return it. Those are the only two options. You can either steal it or return it. Now, none of us ever think of stealing from God. But the truth is, when we don't tithe, we're stealing from God. By the way, this is only a message for believers. This has nothing, you know, this has nothing to do if you're not in, in the kingdom of God, if you haven't given your life to Christ. This is for us that, that desire to follow Him. So you have one or two options, either to steal it or to return it. How many of you have ever heard of like paying tithe? I used to say that all the time. I'm going to pay tithe. But in reality, you're not paying it, you're returning it. It was never, it never belonged to you. It's a pretty sweet deal, actually, if you think about it. You get to keep 90%, and God gets 10%. I pay more than that in taxes. God's pretty generous. And yet He promises it's not for him. It's not it's not for, for that God's running out of money. It's it's for you. It's to keep your heart right. Can I tell you something that in my life, in my Christian life, there's been times where I've slacked off on tithing. I have. And you know what? I've noticed my heart in those times begins to drift away from God. Really, my heart would begin to drift away from God whenever I slacked off from tithe. Why? Because I'm taking that test and I'm failing that test because I'm not God. You're not first in my finances and he can't bless it. Let me ask you uh, an IQ test question. How many of you want to be blessed? Yeah, okay. I just, just wanted to see how many of you are alive. Yeah, I, all of us want to be blessed. But the only way for us to be blessed is for us to return the tithe. You know, I, I forgot something I was thinking about. Um I, I like to go out to eat sometimes and, and I completely I forgot um I forgot to bring money to to go eat tonight I wanted to go I wanted to go eat tonight and oh well a little little 20 there gonna go eat tonight I I appreciate that Anyone anybody want to go eat with me tonight after after service you notice how easily Jonathan it's like he it's like we talked before (laughs) and 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 he's just so generous I mean you saw how fast he 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 got up there Uh, uh, yeah that was amazing. It was easy for him to do that because that that's my money. <laughs> I, I gave him that twenty before before coming he, he He's just returning to me what was what was mine but imagine this is this has happened uh, this has happened before uh, we've gone out of town, and Josh and Macy have stayed at our house and um, and so say imagine Key and I are going out of town we're flying somewhere and uh, and and josh' has, uh car, for whatever reason, needs to go in the shop. He needs to get new rims. And so he's getting spinners on his car. So it's going to be out for a little while. And so they drop us off at the airport and say, hey, that's perfect. We're going to be out. You can use my car while we're out. Just drop me off. Pick me up. So Josh and Macy come to pick us up from the airport. And uh, I get there. We're loading luggage in. Josh comes like, hey, man, can I can I talk to you for a second? Like, yeah, sure. Is everything okay?" And like, yeah, I got just. Just want to let you know, I've just been praying, you know, during the week and uh, just God just really put something on my heart. I'm like, really? Uh, he's very serious, like he's kind of he's welling up a little bit, his bottom lips quivering. And I'm like, wow. And he takes out the keys to my car and hands it to me. says, I just want you to know that I just feel led to give you this car. And I'm like, Josh, you OK, man? Like. Did the spinners hit you in the head or Josh, this is this is this is my car. I let you I let you borrow it. You're just you're just returning it back to me. Some of us have that same attitude towards God. God, uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you my tithe this week. I'm pretty holy. Uh don't know if you know that about me, God, but pretty awesome. And uh felt led. I'm gonna go ahead and and Give you this tithe, God says. Did, did you were you around some spinners and it hit you in in the head? You're just returning to me what already belongs to me, and saying something as idiotic as I feel led to tithe is like saying I feel led to love my wife. That that the Bible says to do that. It's it's returning back to God what already belongs to God. I know that might sound a little strong, but that's pretty clear in the, in the Word of God. That's what it says. We just return it. So I have the option of either I'm going to steal it or return it. I encourage you, return it. The third thing is God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. Why? Because He loves you and He loves people around you. Because He loves you and He loves people around you. Genesis 12, 2 says, talking to, God's talking to Abraham. He's promising them, him this. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. In other words what God's saying to Abraham is I'm blessing you to be a blessing. Why did God bless Abraham? Because God loved Abraham and he loved people around Abraham. Let me tell you something. God and I want you to I want everybody to hear this. God is okay with you having stuff. That is Anybody religious in here and that hit him hard? God is okay with you having stuff. He is not okay with stuff having you. God desires to bless you. I believe that God desires to bless you as you get older and as you continue to be faithful. I believe that God wants to bless his people financially. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of those preachers that I'm not going to say, can you take a thousand dollar vow and give to me tonight? But I do believe that God desires to bless his people because he's a good father and he wants to pour out his blessings upon people. And I believe that the reason that he placed the tithe and offering and giving is because it's a test for as he gives it to us. Am I going to is my heart still right with God? Does the stuff have me And, and you know what? If you learn this now. It will be easier as you get older. It will. I grew up in church and I, Brother Francis is known for his tithe message. I've heard it all my life. It, it just always made sense to me. I never struggled with it. I never was like, man, do, do I tithe? Do I not tithe? But I know people that didn't grow up in church that really struggle with it. Because they weren't familiar. Right now, the reason that I'm doing this for you is not because this is pretty much I'd say the hardest message a youth pastor could preach. It just doesn't make sense of why would you why would you preach a message on finances because I love you and I feel like God wants to teach you about it. And as you get older and as you get a job and as things progress and God begins to bless you, it won't be a big deal for you to tithe and give to things. I know I know people that just get this. And it's really refreshing to get around people that just get this that just have a heart of generosity one of the people that that is closest to me that I know that just gets it is is my grandfather my grandfather has an incredible heart for giving Uh, he has a gift of giving and I'm amazed he owns an oil field company and his whole mindset is for ministry his whole like he gets he gets all these deals that come through and his mindset is to finance the kingdom of God. In fact, whenever we started building this building, I was telling him about how much it would cost to do the remodel and different things like that. And, and he said, I want to be a part of it. He sent us $25,000 to help finance this building. It wasn't a big deal to him because he has a heart for giving. The amount wasn't a big deal to him because he just he gives. It's, just, it's second nature to him. You know that every single one of us, I would say, that you're rich. You may not know that. You would not say that you're rich. You know how? You know who's who's really rich? It's there's nobody's ever rich. It's always somebody in the next bracket. Like a millionaire, he doesn't think that he's rich. He's like, I'm not a billionaire. I mean, a billionaire is like, I'm not rich because I'm not a multi-billionaire. Everybody that's in the next bracket ahead of us, that is what we consider rich. But did you know the truth of this? Is that if your household income is $20,000 or more a year, that your family is in the top 10% in the world. If your family makes over $35,000 a year, which is pretty normal, you're in the top 1%. In the world, you're a one percenter. Most people in the world live off of a dollar wage a day and don't have a floor to sleep on. America is one of the most prosperous nations in the entire world. So God has blessed us. And and a lot of people I understand America is totally messed up, but America is also one of the most giving nations to missions in the world as well. We still have a lot of problems and we have a lot of things to do, but I think that that's one positive note. And the purpose for us to be blessed, I said that so you look at finances differently, like, man, God really has blessed us in comparison to the world because He's blessed us to be a blessing. All right, number four and finally, as we close. A generous person is a selfless person. A generous person is a selfless person. Going back to where we started. This isn't really about your money. It's about your heart. And a person. Everybody look at me for just a second. A person that's posture towards God is this. Of I'm holding so dear to my stuff. Whether it's my time, my money, my resources, whatever that means, whenever I have a posture like this, it can you hand me that pen, JP? Could you just can you hand it? It, Nothing can get in there. JP, can you hand me that pen? It's a lot easier like that. It's the same thing with our posture towards God. When we're open-handed and selfless, God can do work in our lives. And I want you to know something, that you serve a God that is generous. You serve a God of generosity. And the more, going back to the heart thing, the more generous we become in our time. This is really the number one thing that you have. Time is the most valuable resource that any of us have because we all have the same amount of it. When you're generous with your time, generous with your finances, your resources. You know, I think to some of our leaders just think it we have some incredibly generous leaders that that drive some of you back home and use their they don't get paid for that they, that's their own gas money that's a resource that they're giving to you and to God but a generous person is a selfless person and you serve a generous God i don't know if you ever heard of this scripture it's called john 3:16 it may be new to you it says, For God so loved the world that He... Let's try that again. For God so loved the world that He... One more time. For God so loved the world that He... That He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. I'm so thankful that God was generous with His Son, because you know the story that whenever God created the earth, He gave us, He gave man a choice. Man chose not to follow God and separated us. So that sin separated us from God, and God could have said, "You messed it up." There's no, re- I've already, I mean, I created you. You messed it up, man. But He made a decision to give. And He gave His Son for us And because He was generous with us, His most valuable resource. We now have salvation. So you serve a generous God and whenever you receive from a generous God, you become... A generous person. Let's stand together. Do this make sense to you? I want to encourage you that this message, like I've been saying all this whole time, is is really it's it's honestly not as much about your money as it is your heart. It's not as much about Finances, as it is a heart condition. And whenever we get a hold of this and embrace this and adopt this message and become a generous person, it changes us. You'll find that you you love people more. You'll find that you have a deeper relationship with God. You'll find that just as that Scripture says, where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. All of us have a tendency in our heart to allow it, for it to drift. But whenever we place God first in our life, in every area, this is just one area we're talking about, but in every area, God will move in our lives. I want to pray for you tonight, and then we're going to close. Dismiss. Father, I pray for every single person in here tonight. Lord God, I pray that You would help them help us To be generous people. Lord, I pray that we would grab hold to this message that is found in your word. And Lord, that we would live it, apply it, and adopt it in our lives, God. I pray that we would have generous, cheerful hearts in everything that we do. And God, right now, we choose to place you first in our lives. Lord, I thank you for blessing us to be a blessing. And I pray your blessing upon every single person in here tonight, God. Help them, Father, to apply this. I pray that the enemy would not kill, steal, or destroy this word in their hearts. Lord, I thank you that it's going forth and that it's producing a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 fold in our lives tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.